Now, broadcasting from deep within your stepmom's basement, it's the Echoplex Podcast. Fuck off, Jericho! I don't wanna hear it! Fuck off, Jericho! Read it to the lyrics! Don't let the fuck- 
All right, everybody, welcome to the Plex. We do the show live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific right here on Twitch. It's twitch.tv slash echoplexmedia. Also simulcasting other places that uh, largely don't matter. Um, you can support this project well, like somebody did right as the show started uh, by going to eplex.store, picking up some merch or uh, joining. You can join via subscription. Operates much like Patreon over there. Uh, Twitch subs actually get a discount on their subscription there. Um, otherwise, you can just go to echoplexmedia.com, click that support tab, and find other ways to support the project. Uh, directly giving us money is never something we would complain about. Anyway, I'm producer Dave, and in addition to being on your grinder grid, if you're in the right zip code, you can find me on a bunch of other people's podcasts, because I've been doing a lot of interviews lately. I'll be sharing those in the Discord on and on Twitter, and um, eh, this is what the people want. I don't hate the cops! And there's a person inside when the truncheon stops Oh, don't hate the cops Oh, when the raiders come Who will protect the shops? Don't hate the cops They're a sensitive bunch If you don't stop throwing your rocks Snap, crackle, pop It's the sound of a taser Your body drops Don't hate the cops oh, Don't hate the cops Don't hate the cops oh, Don't hate the cops Like your local police Cause they don't do nothing wrong Like your local police Got rid of the corruption And the racism is gone They've been keeping the peace Keeping homeless folks out of the parks and malls Got a cure for your social disease Follow the law, don't hate the cops Follow the law, don't hate the cops anybody doesn't know last week was the super bowl and uh people uh, had some ideas about it um so this was before the super bowl this is a uh, lance walna he is uh oftentimes used to be on the docket let me stop covering because he's kind of annoying um but 
he had uh, predicted what the significance of a 49ers Super Bowl win might be. Uh, he was wrong, but I mean, we're going to run this clip uh, because it looks like he's wearing a, a, a trans rights uh, scarf, which is a little odd. Uh, I think God's taking people that are on the back bench and putting them on the front bench, putting them in the big game, taking people from obscurity and putting them on the field. And I think he's sending us to the places where there's a great door of opportunity, but a lot of adversaries. San Francisco is a place which needs mercy, not judgment. And uh, and that's the reason why it is such, such a capital, I think, for like the, it always has been for the homosexual movement, because its redemptive gift in San Francisco is mercy. And mercy can be taken advantage of unless it's, you know, unless it's understood. So it's a mercy city. And I think God's having mercy on America. Now the question is, if I'm correct, how many points will they win by? Because people don't expect them to win. My son thinks, doesn't feel confident that they're going to win San Francisco. So if it's three points, that's close. But I'm thinking I don't like the three. Three numbers not good because like the arrows smite three times. It means a lack of resolve. We can't have another lack of resolve. What the fuck is this guy talking about? Back in the office, miraculously. We cannot just love tap three times. We have to really be resolved that something big is going to happen. Now, uh, think about this. Seven would be a good spread for a point spread. Seven mountains. I mean, I am being accused of being a dominionist all the time. Let's just believe God's going to do something all seven. Five is mercy. So I'm going to say seven. Although that's that's a lot of strikes of the arrows. So it could be four, four years, four years of mercy with Trump. What the fuck was like? Okay, so actually, I would have paid to watch that guy's color commentary during the Super Bowl because he was just all over the place. Uh, he was wrong too, by the way. I mean, not that it matters, you know, in the way that he thinks it matters. He was wrong though. Uh, the other team won. Actually, I heard it was a pretty good game. Um, I heard that uh, they put Taylor Swift in at the end, and uh, she did a she did a home run or whatever it is. No, I don't. I don't think a home run is a Super Bowl, but. Anyway, Lance Walna, wrong again, wrong about everything, wrong all the time, and uh, crazy as fuck, but good on him for wearing a trans rights scarf in his video. Here's some Super Bowl news we can get behind. This is from the uh, local uh, news in Las Vegas. There is plenty of excitement here in Las Vegas for this weekend, and one so-called urban climber took advantage of all the attention when he climbed to the top of the Las Vegas sphere this morning. That's where we find our Kalia Patterson to tell us what police had to say about this. Marie, police security is reaching heights now that the Super Bowl is in town, and I mean literally, now that they have to protect people from themselves almost 400 feet in the air, but they say they have it all covered. It was at this moment security at the Las Vegas Sphere was outrun by Mason Deschamps. Guys, leave property now. Climbing nearly 400 feet to the top of the glowing globe. Hey guys, I'm here on top of the sphere. I guess they're going to make me go through the top. In an online video, Deschamps says he did this to bring attention and fundraise for a homeless pregnant woman. We are doing this today to raise money for a mother named Isabel. She is homeless and pregnant and needs help, guys. So go over to letthemlive.org or the link in my bio to go support this woman. Uh, big thanks, praise be to God. Some visitors to the sphere say his actions were a bit extreme. I feel like some people are very passionate about things and they'll go, like, they'll do crazy things for what they believe in. It's impressive 
I don't think he should have necessarily, but it's, yeah, it's insane that he made it all the way up there and then made it down. The stunt happening as local police and federal officials gave more details about the intense security on and around the Strip for the Super Bowl. And we know that people are going to test us. We know people are going to try things. As we sit here today, there's an individual for a publicity stunt that just tried to are climbing up the top of the sphere. Your first responders are all over there. We're taking care of it. It's not clear how he climbed down, but we do know Deschamps was arrested and charged in destroying property and conspiracy to destroying private property. Wait, he didn't destroy anything. We also know that Deschamps was arrested back in 2021 for a similar stunt here in Las Vegas. We're live at the Las Vegas Sphere. Kalia Patterson, News 3. And here he is making headlines once again. Kalia, thank you. Wait, what also did he destroy? Trend, more he didn't destroy anything. Oh, I guess, yeah, somebody in chat just mentioned he probably took out a bunch of the LEDs, yeah, on it. Mm. That sphere is stupid. I heard the concerts inside of there are kind of rad, but the sphere is stupid. Um, I don't know, I guess the fucking critical support to that guy? I'm not sure. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Although, them calling it a publicity stunt, I thought, was a little weird. Um, simply because... Uh, Because I'm not sure it was a publicity stunt. Like, he was not publicity for himself, although he probably was trying to get publicity for himself. But he uh, got publicity maybe for, he said, a homeless pregnant woman. But you just never know with these fucking people. He could have just been doing that to, like, try to pretend he uh, cared. And I get money, I get uh, information from chat that he's also tries to raise money for uh, anti-choice causes, which not great. Anyway, we got more Super Bowl news. Not really news about the Super Bowl, but more. Well, here's Jesse Waters. Frequent flyer here on the Sunday show, Jesse Waters. Uh, just kind of overall mad about the Black National Anthem. Black National Anthem or Real National Anthem? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The Black National Anthem. I mean, Harold, what is that about? <laughs> Sing <laughs> Why all of a sudden are we having a Black National Anthem? I have no idea that just came out of nowhere. And then I don't know the lyrics. So I, I'm very confused. Well, I mean, that's the big problem is that Waters doesn't know the lyrics. I liked how his co-host started singing it next to him. He's like, oh, we all sing it for you, friend. I will sing it for you. Um, I mean, a not insignificant number of people in the NFL and playing in the Super Bowl are black. So I want to do the black national anthem and let them do it. And I, th I feel like they've been doing it for three or four years now at the Super Bowl. So this is nothing new. And I think it's funny that uh, Waters' main uh, complaint was, he's like, but I, but I don't know the words. What, how are we gonna, I don't know the words. Why are we going to do the Black National Anthem, Jesse Waters? I'm, I'm surprised you can read the words on the fucking teleprompter, man. Up next, we got kind of a long clip. This is uh, Charlie Kirk was mad about that uh, just, uh, fucking Jesus ad in the Super Bowl because, of course, he was mad about the Jesus ad in the Super Bowl. Let's play the He Gets Us advertisement. I want you to really riff on this. This is, a, I, I believe it was a $14 million spot. So it cost $14 million to get this. It was a one-minute commercial. And some of the background before we play this piece of tape here is the Green family uh, is primarily the uh, funders of this. And I understand there's a split in the family over who's actually supportive of this. There's a brother and there's a son and then there's a patriarch. But it's a hundreds of millions of dollars um, that are being pumped behind this. And by background, before I play this, Lance, I was approached by the He Gets Us 
Team. Wait, that's Lance Walnaw again. I thought so. Lance Walnaw appearing. Doing just doing heroes work on the Super Bowl commentary. But it sounded good. And as soon as I saw the ads, I said, this is this is really dangerous. Let's play cut 16 and then Lance riff on it. Play cut 16. Washing that lady's feet with oil. You were there. And they could never tear us We can live. Okay, so uh, we have a sizable radio audience and podcasting audience, Lance, so I apologize. I have to do one last thing before your reaction. I have to describe what we saw here. Lance, why don't you do that, actually? Why don't you describe to the audience what that was? Just imagine if you're listening on podcasts. Please bring that to life. Yeah, so everybody had a great meditation moment there with the music. So here's what it is. You got these Norman Rockwell pictures. I mean, they really are Rockwell-esque, you know, kind of like vivid color. Yeah, like somebody in chat said, clearly AI. But it's a series of pictures, which are, on the one hand, it's a, it's, you would love it. You know, so here's an old white guy and here's an older uh, African-American and both of their feet are in a bucket at the same time. Or there's, uh, you know, there's an interracial washing of feet is the theme. But then uh, suddenly interspersed in there is some very curious subliminal propaganda. You have a, a bus, which looks like illegal immigrants getting on a bus. Wait, what? But here wait, 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 I, wait what? This guy's cooking. Washing the feet of someone who's kind of like illegally entering or, try, or getting dispersed in the United States. Uh, then you have another one where you have uh, a guy who's, who's clearly washing the feet of someone who's either trans, trans or, or gay, flaming or queer or something. Flaming or queer. Okay. I didn't catch that either. <laughs> also, I haven't heard the word flaming used in a long time. And the and at the, here's the point. It wouldn't be so bad if you had the visuals and you go, that's kind of weird. I like that one. I don't like that one. But the punchline, the conclusion of the entire multi-million dollar investment is these words that pop up at the end. Jesus didn't teach hate. He washed feet. And that's what bothered me. What bothered me is they took advantage Wait, what? of the emotion and the yearning in America. The Super Bowl is, a, is really the desire of America is to get away from politics and moralizing. Let me just enjoy a game for a moment, will you? The left ruins everything they touch, <laughs> and they will ruin even uh, generous philanthropic endeavors like uh, the Green family's doing. Because- I'm not sure it's a generous philanthropic, philanthropic endeavor to spend $200 million on a Super Bowl commercial. Fucking think how many fucking houses you could buy for people. Somehow the endorsement isn't on uh, speaking truth and restoring America and having grace 
for our differences. It's condemning those that are speaking truth in order to save the nation. This he washed feet, he didn't teach hate, is a misrepresentation of the gospel. Hmm? Jesus, uh, when Jesus showed up, they didn't kill him because he wasn't controversial. Somebody didn't like what he was saying. Yeah, the cops. And, and so the, uh, the reality is grace and truth came by Jesus. These people with the woke religious Jesus are presenting another Jesus. It's interesting, the Apostle Paul said something in Corinth. And Fucking you, imposter. A woke Jesus imposter. You want to look it up, you Bible students, go to 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 11, verse 4. He said, be careful lest somebody comes and preaches a different Jesus than the one that I preached or that you listen to a different gospel than the one that I preached. Because the gospel of the kingdom right now for America is we are in a critical moment and we need to have truth and grace. We can't have this false religious sentimentality. That's my take. In addition, it also plays into right-wing bad, left-wing good. If you look totally. at these images, for example, the, the one that I saw, which was like the climate activist has her feet being washed by the oil guy. There was one with the abortion. There's one with like the race relations. So that was a subtext throughout. But also just. Oh, I thought the, the oil guy was actually pouring oil on the, the woman's feet. I got it wrong. Make sure we're theologically clear here. There are a couple instances of feet washing in the scriptures. The the most they're they're separate. The most famous is Jesus having his feet washed by I believe Mary Magdalene and having the most you know expensive perfume perfume being used. The other is him washing his disciples' feet of Peter and Judas. Mm -hmm. Just using that as an isolated theological, what are the takeaways? I know for certain the takeaway, one of the takeaways from the Mary Magdalene example is that some of the other onlookers said, how dare you use the nicest perfume, you know, and Jesus says effectively like, hey, you're always going to have poor people, but you only have me right now. It's about worshiping Christ above all. Lance, was that the takeaway here? This felt social justice-y. Oh, oh. The whole, a lot of the commercials were. For me, it was like really painful because this is so sophisticated. I mean, it's getting at you at so many subliminal levels. Uh, but I'm so glad you picked up on the uh, Planned Parenthood was in the backdrop. To uh, be fair, I think it said fertility clinic or that's something the like only that. Second time I saw the commercial because these these torment me. Once I don't like them, I hate watching them. But on TV, I'm constantly having to replay them. But the the reality is. The, uh, the, they're trying to brainwash America into seeing the MAGA movement, the Trump, Trumpian clarity is coming to, going to be coming under attack as hate. And, and what makes this insidious, Charlie, is let's talk about foot washing for a second. Foot washing is in the Middle East. It isn't common now. It's a bit yes. unusual now. I've done this in churches. It's a bit awkward. But um, but foot washing in the Middle East is you walk around in the dirt and in the dust with your sandals. So if you're a rabbi or a teacher or a preacher, you would somebody who would wash your feet was essentially refreshing the messenger. So it was mostly done with believers, as you see there. It was Mary Magdalene to Jesus. It was Jesus yes. to the disciples. He never did a foot washing ceremony in Galilee, you know, as a way of showing that he was against hate speech. There's more of this, but I think that's that's enough. Who cares? <laughs> that's great. 
like I said, I, I don't really care about the Super Bowl, but every year, every year, there's some shit about the fucking Super Bowl. But um, it's not very often that the Spice Girls get brought up at all. Like, period. Nobody ever fucking brings up the Spice Girls. Uh, but don't worry. Somebody brought up the Spice Girls this time, and that's good. They, I don't know. Actually, I'm sure they're all doing just fine. This is about the Spice Girls. Uh, Christianity under attack all over the globe as we're seeing a crackdown on Catholic churches in Nicaragua. Back here at home, the left has declared open season on people of faith as well. In the culture war last night, Americans witnessed what some are dubbing the satanic Super Bowl, including this moment where someone called... I this just in, Ice Spice isn't one of the Spice Girls. <laughs> oh man, cancel, cancel Gay Dave. Ice Spice, who was hanging out with leftist icon Taylor Swift, made what some call satanic hand gestures while she donned a upside-down cross. The okay. Man, I thought Ice Spice was one of the fucking Spice Girls. I didn't know that, she, that wasn't one of the Spice Girls. Ruined everything for me. Ruined everything for me. Anyway, um, these people, <clears throat> if they did make something that some folks believe are a satanic gesture... Baby, it's marketing. Rock and roll and music have been using this for marketing for a very long time. We have a show on Thursday nights. We do Cults in the Satanic Panic. And we talk about this a lot on there. When they start freaking out about the rock and roll and having like satanic imagery in the rock and roll, most of those people don't give a shit about Satan. They just know it's good marketing, good for the branding. And it gets dumb fucks to talk about them. And that's all that happened here. If this person indeed did intentionally make some kind of gesture that other people think or say think is satanic i didn't even see it the video they showed didn't appear to show it and uh i don't care but it's awesome it's awesome watching these people freak out so uh we are now moving away from our coverage of the super bowl i know everybody's really uh, disappointed we want to talk more about the super bowl but uh we got uh mark meckler who is just sort of like a right-wing pundit um, and he is going to be talking about the only way to secure the border. And uh, if if you uh, didn't uh, guess, it's a uh, war. We could uh, go to war with Mexico. I might even be more radical than those guys on this. I, I don't. I don't think there's any way to solve this permanently without military action. Yeah, uh, we can create a buffer on our side of the river, on our side of the border, and that's helpful sealing a 1300 mile border very difficult and i think you know he said a a board whatever a buffer zone i would call it it's like the dmz between the koreas yeah there needs to be a kilometer of cleared territory that is a no man's zone come in here we we believe you're hostile you have a hostile intent and we're going to clear you out and it needs to be that way that would require military action whether that's from texas or the federal government, I would prefer it's the federal government does that. I think that we ought to acknowledge that the cartels have declared war on the United States of America. Uh, and whether they say it or not, in their actions, they've declared war on us. They control our border now. I don't know if you've seen Ben Shapiro's new special uh, on the invasion. No. It's absolutely incredible. He's got a drone flying right I thought up. you were going to ask me if I saw Ben Shapiro's new rap song. I did see that. <laughs> yes, number one, by the way. That was very uh, good, which too. Is very it was only number one on Apple Music. Nobody uses Apple Music. Yeah. It's, it's just weird, man, but it's good. <laughs> Same week, a number one rap song, full-length interview with Elon Musk at Auschwitz. 
uh, and the border documentary released. I don't know how he did. Wow. The guy doesn't sleep. Wow. Uh, but yeah. he, in one of the scenes, there's a drone flying directly above him, and he goes, "Oh, is that one of ours?" And the border patrol, twenty-four year border patrol guy, said, "No, that's that's a cartel drone." He goes, "Well, are you going to shoot it down?" What? And he said, "No, we're not allowed to." And he goes, well, "What do you mean you're not allowed to?" And he said. You have to get permission personally from Secretary Mayorkas to shoot down any drones. And he said, that drone's watching us because they know we're not a normal patrol and they're trying to figure out what we're doing here. So they send a drone to check us out. Oh, wow. And so this is oh, wow. so why I tell that story. <sighs> he said that- I didn't know there were hipster coffee shops on the border. border. We don't. We're not doing that kind of stuff. They are. And so we have to yeah. get that operational control. The only way to do it is militarily- uh, I think that the federal government ought to go in and make military strikes against the cartels. Uh, we know where they are. We know where they're headquartered. We know where their people are. We need to do it in this country in a mass coordinated fashion because the cartels are well ensconced in this country, pretty yeah. much in every major city and most of the minor cities in this country. We need to round them up, throw them in prison, send them back to Mexico. I mean, frankly, I'm going to use a really harsh word. We need to exterminate the cartels. Yeah. And so that means going into Mexico. Now, people would say, well, you're violating a sovereign country's territory. Well, Mexico is not a sovereign country any longer. Mexico what? is a failed narco state. The yeah. federal government is not in control of their military. The federal government is not in control of their police. Their state governments are not. Their local governments not in control of their police forces. That is a failed narco terrorist state. And so we have to treat it as such. And I don't mind. Let's go in. Let's clean out the cartels. Let's do what has to be done. Prop up a a government that is actually a government that is going to be friendly to the United States and and is going to continue to work with us to cartel activity in Mexico. Wait, we you don't, don't talk about a coup. You just have the CIA do it and then pretend you don't know anything about it. This guy's an idiot. That we're going to have a terrorist state, which we have right now on our border forever. To me, this is like Gaza. They're invading our country. They're invading our country every day. They're killing our people. Yeah. And we have to go in and use maximum force to oust them, create a buffer zone along the border. If we do that, we'll have border security. It's that simple. So, like, outside of a couple skirmishes quite a long time ago, Mexico has been a great friend to the United States. You know, it's a jokes about the water in Mexico and shit, which are usually pretty racist, but uh, there have been situations like where in New Orleans there were hurricanes and the water was undrinkable and the Mexicans were just like, oh, we got you, and they brought fucking water in. I think the the time there was a big storm that hit uh, Houston, uh, the Mexicans also came across and brought water in. They have done humanitarian aid in the southern United States when we needed it, um, and they've been great friends of the United States. Um, and <clears throat> should these people's uh, fucking fever dream come through true in some country. They think it's going to be China or whatever tries to invade the United States. Should they try to invade in the Southwest? The Mexican military will come in and help us defend our country. These people are assholes. That is our neighbor. And um, there would be no worse course of action that the United States could take than to use our military inside of Mexico without the permission of the Mexican government. It would be among the dumbest things this country ever did. <clears throat> We're not going to whoop our ass or anything. It's not like that. It's just, it's just dumb. It would make us look dumb. I mean, okay. I mean, there are plenty of things already that make us look dumb. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's not the case, but it would make us look dumb. It would be fabulously stupid. So now we're going to move on to some uh, news about the homeless crisis. 
This is a, a great humanitarian, uh, once again, Jesse Waters, talking about what we should do about homeless folks uh, in places like Hollywood, California. I'd like for the government to make our lives easier and the lives of the homeless people a little more difficult. Maybe go by with a bullhorn at 6 a.m. Wake up, people. You like camping so much? Get in the van. We're going to take you to the Grand Canyon. Maybe go to the Pacific. Take a dip. Whoa. Yo, this guy, like, lives in, like, not for nothing, this guy, like, he, like, shits on big cities and stuff, but this guy for sure lives in New York City, probably in a nice high-rise. His life is already very easy, and the lives of people who don't have anywhere to go, already pretty hard. Um, Making it more difficult seems you know quite bad uh fuck jesse waters he is like probably since tucker left jesse waters is he jesse waters or greg gutfeld is the worst person on fox news now it's not between those two there's a little bit of a little bit of a like a fight or whatever maybe but under them it ain't even close and they got people like laura ingram and hannity over there who are also fucking ghouls up next, we got um, some news about Letitia James, the uh, New York Attorney General, who um, prosecuted uh, prosecuting Donna, Donald Trump. Here's uh, Donald Trump's attorney, who I believe will probably be disbarred by the end of this year, Elena Habba, and um, she has some thoughts, if we can uh, call them thoughts. Miss James had her shoes off in court. Let's not forget that. I called it out in the closing Should argument. Should have washed your feet. But it's true. She had a Starbucks coffee in her hand. She wasn't doing work. She wasn't sitting at the council table. She was in the back with her shoes off and a coffee. And at the end of the day, we're sitting there looking at this going, this is the state of our country. AGs are so comfortable in court that they know that they don't even have to do the job. They don't have to do the work. They're going to let their people do it. They're going to sit there. What does she think the attorney? Like, what does she think the attorney general's job is to do? So we're going to go up to the next level. We're going to go to people that aren't running on a campaign, running to get Trump before they're even in office, and we will win. So, what does she think the attorney general's job is? Basically, that of a bureaucrat. It's a managerial position. It is not. I mean, they may or may not have, um, you know, engage in litigation themselves, but their main job is to delegate to prosecutors. They're, they're a manager. Does she want, does she think that because it's Trump, the attorney general himself should be trying the case? Like, I don't understand what the, like, what, what is her, why does she, if the attorney general just wants to sit in the audience and uh, watch the case that their employees essentially are, are handling um okay that's called oversight if she wants to if she's wearing like you know work shoes like dress shoes or whatever and wants to kick off her shoes if her feet don't smell then what the fuck who cares and oh no she had a starbucks here's a uh, donald trump talking about a uh, civil case out of new york and uh, he's going to call New York just a rigged city. Uh, he had a judgment against him for uh, several hundred million dollars. So instead of being in South Carolina and other states campaigning, I'm stuck here. It's an election interference case. Uh, nobody's ever seen anything like it in this country. It's a disgrace. It's a disgraceful situation, actually. And... We'll just have to figure it out. 
I'll be here during the day and I'll be campaigning during the night. Uh, Biden should be doing the same thing, but he'll be sleeping. This is all from the DOJ. Sleep is good. Comes out of Washington. They're coordinated with the district attorney and the AG. The case tomorrow, which is a rigged deal, is uh, all coordinated with the uh, district attorney and it's coordinated with the attorney general of New York, Letitia James. Would be ashamed of herself. I mean, what is what just okay? So the 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 civil the civil matter. Okay, the idea that people coordinating in their prosecution of a case is some kind of problem is stupid. Yeah, that's what the, these offices do. This campaign for years of trying to get Trump without knowing anything about me. It's all a rigged, it's a rigged state, it's a rigged city, it's a shame. They ought to, what they ought to do is go out and take care of the violent crime and the migrant crime. That's destroying people. Violent, you, New York City, like Manhattan, it is incredibly safe. It's one of the safest cities in the country. Killing people. Not a case that everybody says you take a look at the legal. In that affidavit. <laughs> CNN just cut away from it. You swore under oath, correct? Yes, ma'am. And in that affidavit, you swore that, um, well, first of all, do you recognize the affidavit? I do. Okay. Did you sign the affidavit? Like how they just cut away from it. Uh, the, although, the, although the clip was cut in kind of a weird way or whatever, but yeah. Um, I don't know why they cut it that way, but whatever. At least they cut away from him. He's like, this is a rigged city. It's a rigged city. Yeah, everybody there hates you, dude. Everybody there doesn't like that guy. Nobody hates that guy like a fucking New Yorker. Don't matter if you're a liberal, conservative. If you're a New Yorker, you probably hate Donald Trump. It's just the way it is. I didn't make the rules. Even the I'm walking here guy really hates Donald Trump. Up next, we have Fox News' reactions to the Fannie Willis judgment um, in which uh, Trump was uh, fined $355 million and his... Um, Organization cannot do business in New York for three years. Here, of course, first, Jesse Waters. This is not the Trump organization. You say people don't want to be involved in the Trump organization. They have like dozens of Fortune 500 companies who are tenants in his buildings. People love working for the not Trump organization. The doorman, the guys that work in the elevator. There's no people that are complaining about getting swindled who Trump's are working for the Trump organization. Trump's name has been ripped off all of the buildings along the West Side Highway. Okay. These people things, don't Jessica want says, well, we've seen all these people who are ripped off by Donald Trump. There is a right to due process. But that's what just happened, box wine Janine. That's not due process. And I I will bet my house this is reversed on appeal. <laughs> Let me tell you something. This woman, Letitia, she campaigned on fighting people instead of crime. You can't go outside without worrying about getting pickpocketed. This city's a mess. And it is incorrect. Why do you live there then? Move to Jersey and commute. A case like this, with no, if you want to sell your apartment or if you want to get a loan against your property, you go to the bank, you say, this is what the apartment's worth. The bank says, I think it's this worth. And then you guys come to an agreement and you get a loan or you sell it to somebody. But he does better in the primary. But if you look at, and we talked about this in Iowa and New Hampshire, when you talk to voters about what's going to happen in a general election and if he is convicted of something, 
32% in Iowa said they won't vote for him. Over 50% in New Hampshire said they won't vote for him. People don't want to vote for a felon. Hell yeah. Come on. This is amazing. This is amazing. <clears throat> Here's a special report hosted by Shannon Bream. And this is uh, more reaction to the uh, Fannie Willis decision. Now we are awaiting remarks from former President Trump. We will monitor that. We'll bring you any breaking news when we do hear from him. Two major courtroom dramas today involving legal action against former President Trump. And New York State Attorney General Letitia James, who you just saw, well, she wanted a penalty of $370 million. She got nearly $364 million. And that number will go up because of interest. Judge Arthur Ngoran ruled the former president and his sons engaged in a years-long financial fraud to deceive banks and lenders. The judge said, quote, their complete lack of contrition and remorse borders on the pathological. The judge also said this about the former president's testimony on the stand, quote, overall, Donald Trump rarely responded to the questions asked, and he frequently interjected long, irrelevant speeches on issues far beyond the scope of the trial. His refusal to answer the questions directly, or in some cases at all, severely compromised his credibility. Mr. Trump's lawyer, Alina Haba, blasted the ruling as, quote, a manifest injustice, and she vows an appeal. The Trump legacy of the art of the deal, now it seems, hangs in the balance. Uh, well, they're seeing what I'm seeing, which is that a lot of this is just the expression of snarling tyranny happening all across the country because <laughs> snarling. you have elements of the left that are controlling the levers of power inside of these criminal justice systems who are furious at the idea that Trump could be elected based on the voter support. What Julia was You'd hear these people tell it, you would assume that there's no uh, evidence, that nothing, no evidence was presented, and they're just like, I don't like him, and they're like, aha, $360 million, or whatever it was. Uh, <laughs> but the judge was like, yo, this guy just went on a rant instead of asking uh, the questions when he took the stand, so uh, that seems to have uh, cooked him. What happens when your lawyer is Alina Haba, who is uh, more, more like more like a, a part of your campaign than a part of your uh, legal team. If you get in legal trouble while you're running for office, you fucking wall that shit off. You have to wall that shit off. It's there's some election there's some election laws around it, but more importantly, I think even people who really like the guy might start to see through this and be like, "Well, why is his lawyer in his criminal case also seem to be out there campaigning for him?" It just doesn't seem like um a wise way to conduct this. I mean, even if they're going to end up voting for him, it seems like he's like really fumbling all this. Um, or his legal team is really his legal team. <laughs> I can't believe I just called it that. Uh, they're fumbling all this by making this about the campaign and not trying to, uh, get him, um, found not liable, not, uh, get him acquitted or reduce his criminal and uh, civil exposure in all these cases. I guess they don't care. It's like the, the all or nothing strategy here now, right? Lee, now it seems like at this point, if he loses, he's so cooked. He is so cooked. And they had mentioned Georgia in one of those clips. I think that's the one. I think that's the one. I think that's where he's going down. Uh, the stuff in New York is all going to be about his financial dealings, and it's all going to be civil matters. I don't think he's going to go down for J6, but I think those RICO charges in uh, Georgia, I think he's going to get hit on those. And that's he can't pardon himself and the uh, Georgia governor cannot pardon him. 
I think he has to serve at least five years on RICO in Georgia before he's eligible for a pardon. So I think that's where he's cooked is Georgia. Never would have guessed this in 2016. So we're going to move on. We've got a couple clips of uh, Trump's recent speech. Here is, uh, I just thought this was kind of funny. It's like not really that, doesn't really have much to do with the speech or anything at all, actually. Um, but here's what the ad uh, from uh, Right Side Broadcasting was before uh, Trump took the stage at one of his speeches this week. Emergency contagion kit. Now, this could be one of the most vital things that you and your family uh, buy right now because this could save your life. It's got a Z pack in there, it's got ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, which I take once a week. It's got all of these things that can protect your family. The information for that. <laughs> Oh man, the ads are getting worse and worse. Even the gold people are like, nah. Now it's a now it's a fucking box of snake oil. <laughs> it's just here, here every box of snake oil. <laughs> Up next is at uh, I believe the same rally though. It could be a different rally. Um, here is uh, the former president uh, speaking with I think probably his most. Uh, well put together supporter. <laughs> and uh, of course, <laughs> banner behind him is for his fucking sneakers. Wait, are they, oh, this is Philly. They're booing him. Oh, this is the city of brotherly love. Oh, Trump's getting a taste of brotherly love here. She was fucking cheating out, dude. Her head was about to pop. Did you fucking see that? Yeah, I think this is actually at like a sneaker convention or something like that. And he was getting booed at the beginning there. She was, she was, her head, I'm surprised her head didn't fucking explode. If I'm going to be perfectly honest here. Up next, we're going to talk about wind power. I hope that's okay with everybody. I know we don't talk a lot about alternative energy here or uh, renewables, but uh, we're going to talk about wind power here. And uh, this is this, uh, this former guy. He's going to bring up a really good question about uh, wind power. I don't know if uh, I don't know if this is I don't know if he's got a point or not, but we'll find out. They want wind, but what happens if the wind doesn't blow? They don't know. You know, it's hard to store wind energy, right? You know that. So they want wind, or they want solar, they want all things. It's not big enough to fire up your plants. It's not good. It's not consistent. What happens if the wind doesn't blow? Well, that's why we, that's why you have like many, that's why the grid relies on like several different sources of power. Yeah. You can't do it all on wind and solar uh, yet. And it doesn't seem like we have the storage capacity for it, but uh, that's a different, he's like, well, nobody, nobody even thought, what if the wind doesn't blow? Well, the wind doesn't always blow. Um, 
probably also one of these dumb fucks who thinks if it's a little bit cloudy, the solar panels don't work. But actually, for the same reason, you get a little bit of a sunburn. <clears throat> you can get sunburned if it's uh, uh, cloudy at the beach or whatever. The solar panels do work. Now, mind you, direct sunlight is better, but they do they do work to some extent in the in if it's cloudy out. Up next, we got Laura Trump. That's uh, Eric's wife. I don't know how uh, anybody decided to marry Eric Trump, but uh, here we are. Uh, she wants to be the co-chair of the uh, RNC. I don't know if that means she wants to be the co-chair of the RNC with uh, Mike Pillow, but that's unimportant. Here, here she is on a Right View, or she's on Fox News, but her show is called The Right View. We have to deal with what we have right now in this moment. And I'll tell you what, the RNC should have one goal and one focus, and that is ensuring that the leader of the Republican Party, Donald J. Trump, is elected as the 47th president of the United States, and we are able to save this country. Here's what I can assure you. Any person walking into the doors of the RNC with any other goal in mind will be shown the door if I were elected to this position as co-chair of the RNC. We have no time to waste. We have nine and a half months. We have to ensure that that every single penny raised goes to uh, voter registration, as you just said, legal ballot harvesting, which we have been beaten by the Democrats at forever. <laughs> ballot harvesting. That means uh, ballot harvesting would mean that like I, and I'm not kidding, like if I remember my roommates uh, have their ballots and I'm running to drop mine off at a drop box and I'm like, uh, mind if I, do you want me to take those for you? They're like, yeah, boom, ballot harvester, Dave. <laughs> That's all it means. <laughs> He's just uh, going around your neighborhood, maybe whether or not you're with any organization, just picking up ballots in places where that's legal. Mind you, there are places where uh, that's not legal and you have to uh, uh, drop off your own ballot. But uh, California, I can drop off anybody's ballot, actually, as long as it's sealed and signed when I pick it up. So up next, we have uh, Nikki Haley, who I, I think still believes she's running for president. Uh, she is on... Uh, CNN with uh, Caitlin Collins and Caitlin Collins is going to ask her an interesting question about uh, Vladimir Putin because uh, Nikki Haley has had negative things to say about Vladimir Putin in the past. Right. But if it's Donald Trump is the nominee, you've said that you would support him. I mean, so that would be supporting someone that you say is a Putin sympathizer. Well, first of all, I think you have to look at the fact that you can't look at Joe Biden and think that he is in good in a good mental stable state to be able to lead this country. We can look at him from two years ago. He's very different than he was two years ago. He's mentally diminished. I think Trump is mentally diminished. You can talk and give me scenarios all day long. I am trying to defeat both of those men because we need a new generational leader. And Oh, but you have not been trying to defeat Trump until just the last couple of weeks. Up until like two weeks ago, you've been kissing his ass the whole time. And uh, I mean, I do agree that uh, Joe Biden has clearly lost more than a step. Um, thankfully, you're voting for the entire administration. And Joe Biden has hired what appear to be very competent people. And he appears to listen to them. So, you know, that's it. Um, we're almost out of time. If Joe Biden were to drop out... Uh, I am ambivalent, but <clears throat> you know he'll 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 hire good people, and that's you're you're voting for a whole administration here. So I have two examples here of why these uh, MAGA people generally only want to go on Fox and like OAN and Newsmax, etc. Up first, 
Here is Representative Beth Von Doyne uh, being fact-checked live on the air on uh, CNN, which I don't think they like. Um, and nobody likes being contradicted, but, you know, if you're a, an elected representative and you choose to go on the national news, you should expect it. I think the news media has been too reluctant to do this. And uh, finally, we're seeing it happen more and more often. This is obviously huge for Republicans and really for anyone who is concerned about border security. But when you look at catch and release, you have to look at what's causing it. And it's a judicial backlog, right, of people who are coming and they are applying for, excuse me, I let you speak, who are coming to protect or coming and looking for protection. There's not enough room for everyone. So you have them being released. But the law that you said you don't need, the Senate deal, had it passed and, and become law, would have prevented that. It would have actually, no, actually upped wouldn't that have. credible. It would have yeah, upped that no, credible fear threshold. It would have upped that credible. No, it actually fear. wouldn't have. Yeah. It, it was. A, it would it have would, allowed five thousand people it in would, our country. A no, that's day, not true. The, and that's which not is true. Five and the border patrol council was coming through. Ma'am, over, may I please speak? Or I'm Trump going to have to cut this. If you won't let me speak, I'm going to cut the interview off. And I will let you speak and finish sentences. I would okay, be, and please, wait, please give me that much. respect as well. Thank you very much. So what I will say is the Border Patrol Council dis- disagrees with you. They've been very frustrated with what you are representing as 5,000 people. That is actually a trigger, right? Which is actually, we're above it right now on the border. So yeah. it's not as you represent it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be like, oh, I, I, we, we can end the interview if you want. If you don't, if you don't want, let me, let me, I want to get my question out. We can end the interview if you want. I, we need more of that energy. I don't even care who goes on there and starts talking over these people. Honestly, you just be like, I've done that during interviews. I don't have to do that usually because I don't have to do it. And uh, during the post game, actually, we're going to watch uh, friends of the show <clears throat> who didn't do that, and that would be a complaint I would have or a criticism I would have of them. Um, but I think we need more people to just be like, well, listen, if you're not going to let me get my question out, you know, I let you finish what you were saying. If you're not going to let me get my question out, uh, we're going to end the interview. So <clears throat> up next, this is Brandon Williams uh, throws a bit of a fit over mer- very mild pushback also on CNN. Why isn't it better to have increased security at the border rather than nothing? Well, uh, that's a false choice because uh, Joe Biden shredded the remain in Mexico policy his first week in office. He did it very uh, with with great flamboyance and he could reinstate that today simply with a pen. So the false choice of, hey, look at this disaster. Many many of the moves moves you've talked about that that President Trump attempted were challenged in courts. You you had a Democratic president here who was willing to give more. Remain in Mexico is not struck down by the court. I'm talking about executive executive privilege and powers that the House is saying the president could exercise. But but, but as you know, uh, this is a president who is actually making concessions that previous Democratic presidents didn't make. I, I just wonder... Why is it safer for your constituents to have no increased security at the border as opposed to that negotiated by your Senate Republican colleagues? 
Well, I'm glad to hear you say that Joe Biden has provided no security at the border, along with Secretary, Secretary Mayorkas. Um, I think that's a bold it's admission. Not, not exactly by what CNN. I said. I did not say that. that. Is, I said that is exactly what you said. To, um, no, that that said was compared the to no, no deal, security at the you border. had a tougher you said deal. No, no security at the border. No additional security. Let's talk as people who respect each other. I respect your service. I'm asking you why no deal is better for your constituents uh, at, for, the, for, for the rest of the year, as opposed to a deal that significantly tightened up restrictions at the border. Well, because five, uh, you know, permitting in, in the law, in the code, 5,000 per day on average over a period of time to enter the know, country. That's not true. Is, that's not true. It's not it allowing 5,000. It's a disaster. It, it, was, it, and, it was not allowing 1, them in. It was, it, was, it was saying at 5,000 encounters, you don't, you don't entertain now, any more is, encounters at the border. I'm sorry. It's a, it's is, that, is that respecting each other? Is that what you're getting at here? Well, is respecting I, I will each challenge other? you when you I, say something I, that's I'm not true. I'm a member of Congress. You're cutting me off. Um, it absolutely is Only when you say true. something not true. And, <laughs> and you are the arbiter of truth. I, I realize that CNN has a senator great track Senator James Lankford, so a Republican you. senator, said that the 5,000 per day talking point was false. So I'll, I'll quote him if you won't take my word for uh, it. But This is new. Is somebody at CNN being like, nah, just, you got to stop letting people lie on here. Did somebody at CNN do that? Or are these people, this is like a coincidence that these two people got a little got a little annoyed i hope it's like a new thing because like no matter what um like non right-leaning news organizations do the republicans are going to say that they're lying right or that they're being unfair or that they're you know engaged in um you know left-wing propaganda so that being the case <clears throat> you may as well just cut them off when they're lying and he, he wasn't even cutting him off he's like well that's not true So, up next, we got Alan Dershowitz, a rare W from a friend of Epstein, Alan Dershowitz, uh, talking about the special report on Joe Biden that went, you know, outside of the scope of the special report on Joe Biden, because the special counsel was supposed to be uh, filing a report on whether or not Joe Biden had committed uh, crimes that would be uh, um, indictable or prosecutable, and that went well outside of the Scope of that, and uh, Alan Dershowitz, of all people, is going to point that out. And uh, Maria Bartiromo, who should probably have lost her job at Fox because she was uh, one of the reasons they lost all that fucking money in that Dominion lawsuit, is probably not going to be too pleased with this. Though I do like her necklace. The report itself is a disaster on both respects. It was unfair to both sides. First, they got the law wrong. The kind of cognitive skills you need to be able to commit this crime are minimal cognitive skills. All Biden had to know is that he did possess classified material and that he had no right to possess it. You don't need a a, a deep memory to do that. So he was just wrong about the law. He was also wrong about how trials are conducted. How would the jury find out about, uh, about Biden's bad memory? Biden would have to introduce it. As a trial lawyer, I would never have introduced that as a defense in this case so her was wrong her was also wrong in going as far as he went in trying to do a medical diagnosis of somebody who he hadn't examined who medically or hadn't been examined medically so you know i think this report is gonna really cause us to think hard about the role of special counsel he was wrong in everything he possibly could have done he was wrong about not charging uh biden biden should have been charged or trump should have been 
uh, his case dismissed. And he was wrong in going into kind of medical diagnoses that will have a political impact on the case. A D minus with great inflation for Mr. Hurd. Yeah, I mean, look, he had to give a reason as to why he wasn't going forward with any prosecution. Well, but can you imagine if he had said, look, the, all the elements are there, but he's a really good looking guy and a charming guy. And I don't <laughs> exactly. think the jury's going to convict him. He's so charming. Or if he yeah. had said, look, he's black and the jury uh, in this district is, is, is going to be predominantly black, so we're not going to charge. That's not what a special counsel is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be laying out the elements of the crime and not making predictions about how the jury will assess the evidence. That's up to the jury itself. So yeah. he went way beyond the scope of what he should have been doing. So, I mean, at the end, Dersh kind of made a false equivalency because uh, <clears throat> as soon as it was found that those documents were there, they were just given back. That's it. And that's not what the former president did. I don't know why all these people got these sticky fingers, though. But you know who didn't take nothing they weren't supposed to take from the fucking White House? Barack and Michelle Obama. That's who. They didn't take shit. They didn't take so much as a fucking pen. Squeaky clean as a motherfucker. Speaking of Barack Obama, here's uh, Ted Cruz. Did you know that uh, Barack Obama's the one who's actually in charge right now? Not George Soros. I thought it was George Soros, but it's actually uh, Barack Obama. That's who's in charge. And uh, here's a uh, lion Ted to talk about it. House did HR two. It went nowhere in the Senate. Is that Mitch McConnell? Who's responsible? Sadly, it is. Look, it's Chuck Schumer number one, and Chuck Schumer is 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 helping drive the train. Listen, we know Joe Biden's not driving the train, so so it's a combination of left wing congressional Democrats and I think Barack Obama that are driving the train, and and Joe Obama, uh, Joe Biden is 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 Mr. Oh, well, you almost had it. You almost oh, just calling him Joe Obama. You almost had you almost had a good one there, dude. But then you corrected yourself. You stupid fuck. Just wandering around confused. Oh, he almost had it. He almost had one. I thought I thought Joe Obama was a pretty, you know, I mean, I think it's stupid, but I thought, you know, it would have been a would have been uh, he would have been punching above his weight in his in his ability to engage in rhetoric had he uh stuck with Joe Obama there, but he couldn't do it. He, he that's I like that. I like that. But nope, nope, dumbass Ted couldn't fucking even if it was an accident, he couldn't just go with it. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. Anyway, up next, if you could imagine this, Lindsey Graham doesn't like TikTok. Do you, are you, do you realize, uh, Mr. Chu, that your TikTok representative in Israel uh, resigned yesterday? Yes, I am aware. Okay, and he said, I resigned from TikTok. We're living in a time in which our existence as Jews in Israel, and Israel is under attack and in danger. Uh, multiple screenshots taken from TikTok's internal employee chat pl platform known as Lark show how TikTok's trust and safety officers celebrate the barbaric acts of Hamas and other Iranian-backed terror groups, including the Houthis in Yemen. Senator, I need to make it very clear that pro-Hamas content and hate speech is not you, allowed on our platform resign? within our country. Why did you resign? Why did you quit? Senator, we also do not allow any. Do you know why he quit? Do you know why he quit? We do not allow this. We will investigate well, such things. My question claims. is, he quit. I'm sure he had a good job. He gave up a good job because thinks your platform is being used to help people 
who want to destroy the Jewish state. And I'm not saying you want that, Mr. Zuckerberg. I'm not saying you want, as an individual, any of the harms. I am saying that the products you have created with all the upside have a dark side. Mr. Citron, I am tired of talking. I'm tired of having discussions. I mean, I'm tired of you talking, too, because you're a dumb fuck. Know the answer here. And here's the ultimate answer. Stand behind your product. Go to the American courtroom and defend your practices. Open up the courthouse door. Until you do that... Wait, are, are they subject to any legal... Like, they, you can't just go to the court... You can't just be like, I would like a courtroom where I can defend my product. The court clerk would be like, uh, I don't see you on today's docket. Nothing will change. Until these people can be sued for the damage they're doing, it is all talk. I'm a Republican who believes in free enterprise, but I also believe that every American who's been wronged has to have somebody to go to to complain. There's no commission to go to that can punish you. There's not one law in the book because you oppose everything we do, and you can't be sued. That has to stop. Wait, folks. they can sue. Wait, you can sue. You, you can sue TikTok. How do you expect you the, sue anybody. the audience to believe that we're going to help their families if we don't have some system or a combination of systems to hold these people accountable? Because for all the upside, the dark side is too great to live with. We do not need to. So he's conflating some things and we talk about this a lot around here. Um, and I don't want to spend too much time on it because we got the whole rest of the talk to get through. Although we're making pretty good time tonight. Um, TikTok is mostly younger people. Younger people, not just in the U.S., but around the world, are far more skeptical of the controlling coalition of the Israeli government led by the Likud party uh, than older people are. And so he's conflating criticism of the Likud-led coalition that controls the Israeli government and... Um, uh, sympathy for the people who are getting fucking bombed into smithereens with like support of Hamas. And um, it's going to come up uh, later during the post game in an interview we're going to run uh, where Sam Harris was challenged on this. And uh, I think this is dishonest. And I don't know if Lindsey Graham knows the difference, but I think some of these people running this line, they do know what they're doing. They do know the difference and they're hiding the ball. If you're in favor of the behavior of the Likud-controlled coalition in Israel bombing civilian populations, just say so. I am not in favor of that. I feel like two or three days after that attack on the rave continuing to bomb was just fucking barbarism, just fucking completely barbaric. At first, first day was probably an overreaction because they fucking dropped a lot of fucking bombs. Next day, uh, revenge. Third day, cruel and horrifying revenge and by the fourth day well we got words for what was happening by the fourth day if you ask me and that's what a lot of people younger people and more uh, liberal people and just people who are um, skeptical of state power no matter who they are or what color their skin is or uh, who their imaginary friend is that's what a lot of those a lot of those people think and the younger people are just on tiktok i don't know what to tell you don't know what to tell you baby Up next, there is a open Senate seat for the state of California, Dianne Feinstein's old seat. I do believe the seat should have been open a lot longer time ago. Dianne Feinstein, eight years ago, could have retired 
with a very intact legacy of uh, for her time generally progressive uh, voting record, but she didn't do that. She wanted to hold on to power. So now there's debates, which is fine. That's good. And um, there are two people in this that I really like, one I don't like, and uh, one who's probably going to win who is, I would say, acceptable. <laughs> and so here's one of my do like. I do like Katie Porter. I, I do like Katie Porter. And uh, here is her, something uh, she said at the last debate, which we, we chose not to cover the debate in longer form. This is from uh, KTLA 5 Los Angeles. My kids ask me all the time, Mom, why doesn't Congress fix things? Well, the truth is Congress does fix a lot of things. They fix it so that billionaires get more tax breaks while the rest of us struggle to make ends meet. They fix it so that big oil can continue to poison our communities, especially communities of color. They fix it so big pharma can continue to price gouge us. I'm running to do it differently. I've never taken corporate PAC money, and I'm the only elected official on the stage who can say that. I'll fight for Californians, not special interests. I like Katie Porter and I like Barbara Lee. I would accept Adam Schiff is okay. And the one thing I do like about Adam Schiff is that he is not afraid to fucking rope a dope. And Katie, Katie Porter, not afraid to rope a dope. I like Barbara Lee uh, primarily because she's from the Bay Area. She has a long history of uh, representing uh, the Bay Area in the House of Representatives and her politics are closer to mine. Uh, Katie Porter, I like for most of the same reasons. Uh, she's from Orange County. She won a tough race in Orange County and uh, flipped Orange County. and. Uh, she hasn't tacked to the center or towards, she hasn't tried to like uh, gain votes from uh, Republicans or gain favor with the right just because she's from a historically conservative area. So I like that about her. Adam Schiff is in a relatively safe district. And the only, the thing I like about him is he's not afraid to rope a dope. That Republican guy on there has no fucking chance. <laughs> Dude, I forget. He was like a fucking, I forget what he did. He was like a football guy or something before that. He's just running to fucking sell a book and, probably uh, speak at conferences or something who knows so up next we got a uh, tammy lamborghini um I mean, it's tommy laren um strangely enough uh she's kind of delivering a little bit of truth to sean hannity which is a little bit surprising again i don't like her politics i don't like her i think she's a mean person uh, but she's you know, gonna, she's on fox news here uh, kind of telling the truth about what's been going on in the recent elections probably in the middle of a bunch of other bullshit she's going to say. Well, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer. I want to be optimistic. But every time we think there's going to be this red wave and races that we should win, even this week with the George Santos seat and then a special election in Pennsylvania, Republicans should be able to win these things. Unfortunately, Republicans are not winning these things that are very winnable. We're also, when we're looking at these polls, we're also assuming that Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. Sean, I've been saying it for over a year now. I don't think Joe's going to be the nominee. So Republicans and Donald Trump have have to prepare themselves for that. I also, looking at these polls, it's nice to see Donald Trump ahead in some of these important states, but we also have to remember that Joe Biden at this point is essentially a vegetable. His policies are horrible, his cognitive state is horrible, and it's on display, and in Donald Trump is only leading by that small percentage. Donald Trump should be crushing him by much higher margins, considering the physical and mental state of Joe Biden and this country. So I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, I don't want to be negative, but Republicans, 
Republicans. You have a few months to figure this out. You got to win elections and you've got to win electioneering, early yep. voting, mail-in voting, voter registration. Those things are going to be important. It's not enough just to have a better candidate anymore. You got to have a good strategy. The Democrats have mastered it. We better get in the game or we are going to lose. Um, she right. You know, the voter registration drives, not a big Republican thing. Early voting, ooh, they hate that. Uh, Mail-in voting, uh, they think that's just pure fraud. So if that's the uh, the state of play, they're at a pretty big structural disadvantage because they're stupid. <clears throat> and I mean, that's good. <clears throat> I don't know. I don't believe that, uh, I don't believe it's highly likely that Biden won't be the nominee. And if he were to drop out, I, he needs to do it fucking tomorrow because there's not a lot of time. Um, <clears throat> I could see an argument for it. Um, and he could just say, you know, when I ran, I said, you know, I'm gonna, I'm, I think I'm the only one with the political machine to defeat Trump. And uh, after I'm done, I need, we need to pass it on to, uh, the next generation of Democrats. Boom. Goes out as a fucking hero. Not going to do it. Ego too big. Um, and that's everybody. Nobody, nobody's going to do that. It doesn't matter. It's not a, it's not a Joe Biden thing. It's an, I'm the president thing. I don't think anybody would ever do that. Um, so here we are, and it is going to be about turnout. And the yeah, she's right. The Democrats have a pretty good turnout machine. So it's a little over an hour in, so it's time for a palate cleanser. I'd like to thank the Discord, particularly Allie Drew, for providing this uh, palate cleanser. This is a uh, drunk bird. This is the drunkest bird of the world. Meet the Keraroo, also known as Wood Pigeon, which hails from New Zealand. During summer the bird binges on fruits and if the fruit is ripe and the weather is warm, it can ferment and turn into alcohol and the bird goes nuts. They become drunk, lose coordination, fall from trees and pass out. You may come across one of them trying to walk and roll on the ground. Locals in South Westland are being asked to keep an eye out for the intoxicated Keraroo. Take them to Keraroo hospitals to help them sober up. They sometimes get very fat, may weigh up to 2 pounds and motorists are also warned to watch out for falling drunk Keraroos. These fruit-eating birds play a vital role in dispersing the seeds of native trees. Hmm. Huh. This is live, everybody. The video just stopped. That's okay. Watch out for the drunk burb, everybody. Watch out for the drunk burb. I do like that burb. It's like me late at night on the show. No, I'm just kidding. I don't get wasted on stream anymore. I used to, though. During the pandemic, I, I was that bird. Like, watch out for drunk Twitch streamers. Up next, we got a very confused kitty. Um, this would have been good for Catterday, but I, you know, I don't always check, the, check through the dockets before Catterday. Plus, we had a guest on last night. Uh, shout out to uh, Joni, VC Archives, actually. Fantastic guest. So this guy had removed the um, the glass top from his glass table, and this this poor kitty. Oops! Check this out. <laughs> oh, poor kitty! People are listening to the pod. You're gonna have to just uh, check the docket or find the video of this. <laughs> One more time. Aw, oh, poor kitty. At least he didn't hurt himself. <laughs> Inve but look, at, look, kind of smart. We're like, okay, time to investigate. <laughs> uh, just be. I'm just glad the kitty didn't hurt himself. If the kitty hurt. If that kitty got hurt, I would have. Um, 
not run that because I'm not trying to run uh, videos of cats getting hurt. But uh, thank you, Allie Drew, for always including some cute animal clips in the Discord. <clears throat> Up next, I, you know what? I can't, I can't even, I can't even fucking describe the next thing I'm going to show you. Actually, this is so this this is some really really odd church shit. Um, I wish Lisa says what was up in the chat to watch this because I think Lisa would get a kick out of this. Check this out. Call it in the air. Tails. What I be kicking? It. Uh, yeah, let's just go with tails. Would you like to kick or receive the Bible? I will receive. Tom wins the toss, chooses to receive the Bible. Patterson back with the kick. Oh, good kick. Is that a touchback? Can you even get a touchback? First time in 18 years there's a touchback for the kickoff. <laughs> Not sure that's a very pro-Christian thing to do, to do a kickoff with the Bible, you would think that would be like a, like an atheist thing. Like you'd see that at like the uh, atheist convention or whatever, in addition to like uh, sexual harassment and probably racism. <laughs> Up next, we got a pretty weird question at a briefing that the Pentagon had. Now, I think that usually, you know, you got to count on the Pentagon to lie to you generally. I mean, that's their job. Most of these people are also uh, part of the intelligence apparatus, but um, sometimes Sometimes you get asked a fucking weird enough question that it, you're not even sure what lie you're supposed to tell. And I think this is uh, going to be one of those cases. Thank you. Let me go to the phone here. Uh, Jeff Shogel, Task and Purpose. Thank you. I know this may be a question for Soviet Premier Putin, but the god-awful thing that the Russians want to put into space, is it like Goldeneye, the thing from the 1995 Bond movie? And is the is it time for all of us on the ground to join Jed and the Wolverines? Jeff, I'm not sure how to respond to that. Um, I guess we just have to live and let die. <laughs> all right. Bad joke. <clears throat> but I mean, that question was so weird that the dude couldn't even come up with a lie. And that's a professional liar. So I guess shout out to the person who asked the question so weird that the professional liar couldn't come up with a lie for it. I guess that's uh, we'll, we'll take, I don't even know if that's a W or I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. The chat's chat's confused. I'm confused. Usually we have a pretty decent under like the news show. Like it's, you know, usually it's um usually it's you know, stuff's a little, little wild and whatnot, but usually we can understand what's going on, but I have no idea what just happened there. No, um, no way to explain that, really. Up next, give some family-friendly uh, programming recommendations from Charlie Kirk and his panel of idiots. I just uh, looked this up, yeah. Charlie. I didn't realize this, Jack. The last time that in Belarus, uh, they they used capital punish uh, execution here was in 2019, and it was by firearm. Yeah, that's how you should. By the way, I, this is the other, my other problem with death penalty. It takes too long, too many too appeals. Expensive. It should be public. It should be quick. It should be televised. What? Well, this can't be right, can it? The last execution in France was guillotine in 1977. 100% true. They used the guillotine. Until uh, the 77? Yeah. yeah. 
That's so cool. There's videotape of it. Honestly, that's like what we should be doing. And I agree. It should be public and tell them it's square. By the way, do you, you could sell, you could force the government to watch it. You could have like brought to you by Coca-Cola and no, I'm not kidding. By the way, I would totally tune in to see some pedo get their head chopped off. Okay. So who would, even if it was a, a child abuser, you just don't want your brand associated with that. What is he talking about? Convicted by a jury. By the way, years. All, that's, I'm, that's gonna get no, I'm, I'm talking about a real thing. I'm talking. I'm not talking. All about executions in Belarus are by firearm. That's no, not a choice or anything. And, that's, Andrew's that's, saying that's, don't make kids watch it, and I think no. The absolute well, I think at a certain age, at it's an initiation. If you can I drive, think, you can no, watch. No, but hold on. It. You not see, all of a sudden, you look at some of these savages, like in Indiana, there was this guy that went in and killed a pregnant woman and her three kids. Yeah. And you know what? I want to watch that execution. That'll make my day better. I want to see him on a public block and get him be publicly executed. And I think that would be justice. You think children should have, you should see, what, what is the age? At what, what age should you start to see public executions? 16. I think, I think you could do it earlier. I think you maybe at age 12, whenever. Like sixth grade or so. <laughs> oh my God. Um, um, public executions are uh, probably outlawed. I think the, even our current Supreme Court would say, well, there is a clause in the Constitution about cruel and unusual punishment. I think a like, pay-per-view execution is cruel and unusual punishment. If you are of a mind, you can go be in. There is an observation gallery for a lot of public executions, for mostly for the press. But I do believe uh, private citizens can go. And if you're of a mind, you can go. But if I find out that you go to those for fun, I ain't fucking inviting you to the barbecue. <laughs> fucking bloodthirsty ass motherfuckers. Up next, we got uh, the former president's fucking weird son, not the cokehead, the other son. You know, actually, my dad was the president, and he was anointed by God. God anointed my dad. He was the, the president. I think he's created the greatest political movement in history, and I really do believe yeah. that um, someone, something is looking down and guiding him every single day because there's no way in the world he could have been where he is today without the intervention um of god and um amen I, 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 man kenny g turned into a chud i had no idea i feel it i know it um hillary clinton raised 1.5 billion my father who knew nothing about politics in 2016 raised 300 million um and somehow he's he a businessman he won the white house against impossible mm -hmm. odds and i really do believe that there's divine intervention there i think somebody was guiding him and um well i don't know i don't know what to say here anointed by god divine and i just like eric trump clips because he's like <laughs> my dad that's just the only reason actually it just reminds me of this uh old old clip on uh that i saw on um uh, what was it uh cartoon network nighttime i forget what they used to call that but the guy was, was like i'm gonna write a letter and he was all dear ass faith and that's just what eric trump reminds me of up next, we got a fire by night reject, a uh, Robin Bullock, who uh, we're still trying to figure out if that's his real hair or if he's wearing a wig. Um, he's going to talk about how Trump actually needs to be uh, re-anointed. Shout out to Right Wing Watch for uh, the six or seven of our clips tonight, actually. Trump was anointed to be king twice. But when this four years runs out, he had to be anointed again. Because his our cycles mm -hmm. only run in four years. So if he was if he's not anointed again, if he wasn't anointed again, 
when the election comes up, that anointing will leave him. So wait, anoint being anointed has like a four year ex like it's it has an expiration. I didn't know that God's anointment had an expiration date. That's interesting. You learn something new every day. He has to be anointed for the next term because he's already spent his two terms. He's been president this whole time. Mm -hmm. Heaven recognizes him as president. And so he had to be anointed again. Oh, well, shit, I fucking, I talked to God the other day, actually, and he's like, I ain't anointing that motherfucker again. So I guess that's the way it goes. Sorry, uh, Robin. Unfortunately, it's all bullshit. Well, it's just going to be a matter of who wins the electoral college. So. All these uh, man, masculinity influencer, podcast bros, um, we found somebody they should be very, very afraid of. Uh, fucking shout out to this gal. There's a ton of marriages in which women are also working and then also shoring up a lion's share of the household duties. Yeah. And that's why they're unhappy because now they're being burdened in two directions. But so what's the solution to that? Men showing up more on domestic duties, but they won't because of freaking trad cons and neocons who are telling them that no, it's gay and beta if they do these certain tasks. It is, it is gay and beta most of the time. I agree. And I also that. think that's why men are suffering. So for instance, like the unemployment rate of men returning back to the workforce is very, very high right now. And that's because men and us are kind of pushing for this like revanchist return to just like older times. And even though you claim you're not trying to turn the clock back, a lot of the solutions that men and us are advocating for just won't help men because the burgeoning sectors right now are overly feminized and stuff like nursing, childcare, hospitality. And these industries are actually reaching out to men and they're trying to recruit them, but a lot of men will turn them down and instead they're sitting on their ass, they're addicted to opiates, like over half of unemployed men are addicted to some sort of painkiller. They're playing video games all day, they're addicted to porn, which is yes, one problem, but there's so many others. And feminism is what was telling men, like leave your toxic masculinity behind, join a nursing career, join a teaching career, but they won't do it because of trad cons and neocons telling them that they're gay and beta if they do these kind of like unwarrior-like positions. But I do think that it's not just a matter of social construction. I think Women are more nurturing. The nursing programs and teaching programs have like put out research of why men won't join these industries despite them reaching out. And one of the biggest reasons is because they feel like it's overly feminine. Do you think that's due to liberal feminism or due to conservatism? No, I think it's just natural. I think the men, the men should work, you know, but they should maybe do things that they're more inclined to do. I don't think we need to conscript men to go become nurses wearing frilly little dresses. And why do you see that as putting on a frilly dress to go into like nursing and hospitality? Because you're, you're using you're that example. You're presupposing that it's feminine and gay. You're doing the thing. No. <laughs> Dude, I mean, I, she just said one thing in there that I didn't like as much. Uh, she was talking about porn. I think porn is fine. And I think like porn addiction is like an overblown thing. I don't think a lot of people are, are uh, addicted to porn. But other than that, dude, she just fucking absolutely fucking slayed Michael Knowles. She, at the end, she's like, you're doing the thing I just described. She's like, I don't, I don't know what else to tell you. More of her. Send her to more of these places. Because, um, she right. Um, if you're a young man right now and you're looking for a great field to go into, she's right. Nursing would be a great field to go into. They're trying to reach out to men. So you might actually have an easier time getting hired than maybe a similarly qualified woman just because those fields are trying to reach out to men. And, uh, that's a, that's a good fucking job. Actually, you become a, like a nurse practitioner, you, you get into management and nursing and you're making 150, $200,000 a year. If you're at a, like a, a well-known hospital, like she right. She's right. There's all kinds of incentives for people entering those careers. And it's to the detriment of men that they have these influencers telling them that, oh, you don't want to go work at a hotel. That's gay. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? That's gay. She's right. Uh, I wish I knew her name. Uh, if we'd find out her name, I'd you know, maybe even like to reach out to her and have a discussion with her because 
I had a discussion uh, recently that's going to come out pretty soon with a, another a guy who talks about men's issues uh, from more or less our side. I think he's uh, more like moderate or possibly even a moderate conservative, but he hates the fucking Meninists. And uh, we had a great conversation about men's issues and the things holding men back and some of the problems that men face and how it's a lot of times the problem uh, that's caused by the media they consume. And that she was just dead on. I know it was sped up and edited, but I actually wouldn't mind seeing that entire conversation in context because she fucking nailed it. And she talked to that guy's audience in an under, in a way that they understand too. It's like different than me going on there. Cause I don't speak the lingo and she speaks the lingo. So she is like kryptonite to those people. I, I have a feeling we're not too, I'd like to see more of her, but I have a feeling we're not too far away from her being persona non grata in these spaces. Cause uh, they don't like that shit at all. We got a couple more here. Actually, the rest of the docket here uh, for the regular part of the show is. Brett Weinstein. Got three clips of Brett. Here he is uh, recently on Joe Rogan um, doing more of the HIV AIDS denialist stuff that he got into when he started to uh, feel his uh, COVID runway. Or I don't know if the runway going away. Maybe it's a bad analogy because the plane flies. But started to run out of started to run out of road on that COVID stuff. So now he's going uh, with some old school bullshit, the HIV AIDS denialist crap. After I looked at what Luc Montagnier had said, and I read um, Bobby Kennedy's book on Fauci, was that actually the argument against HIV being causal was a lot higher quality than I had understood. Mm. Right that it being a real virus, a fellow traveler of a disease that was chemically triggered, that is at least a highly plausible hypothesis. And with Anthony Fauci playing his role, that was inconvenient for what he was trying to accomplish. He's also ignoring a very important factor in AIDS, which is party drugs. That is the, the competing hypothesis. And for those who think that this is a preposterous um, allegation, you should look at this evidence. The evidence is surprisingly compelling. And, you know, if, if your mind resists that, realize that Luc Montagnier, who got a Nobel Prize for the discovery of HIV, later in life became convinced that the thing for which he, which he got the Nobel Prize was not nearly as important as he, he had imagined. He believed that HIV was not the causal element. So with AZT, with AIDS, it was killing people. So now you have people dying from AIDS and you have this medication, which Fauci what? in the 1980s was famously uh, quoted as saying is the only reason why we use only one medication is because the only medication that's been proven to be both safe and effective. Right. Where have you heard that before? Right. It was a total, it was, COVID was a rerun of the AIDS chapter what? with AZT. But the AIDS chapter seems even more terrifying because if the initial treatment was AZT and we know AZT kills people, you're taking someone who has a compromised immune system and your response to that was give them something that's going to kill them quicker and then say there's a giant crisis. And this is what Duisburg was demonized for. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. And I, you know. Okay. So. <clears throat> Again, with a novel disease, sometimes the initial treatment's not going to be exactly right. As somebody in chat said, we uh, now use a lower dose of AZT or oftentimes other therapeutics. And, um, but the meat of that was that he's just saying, oh, you know, it's just a coincidence, actually, that uh, people have the uh, 
HIV virus, and uh, if left untreated, they uh, end up with a disease that we call AIDS. It's just a coincidence. Fucking disgusting. Fucking disgusting. You know, I'm of a certain age. Um, people in my, <clears throat> my generation, not a lot of us, died during the AIDS crisis, but it's not like we didn't know people 10 years, 15 years older than us that did. And, uh, I know, I know a couple people who are no longer with us who would be with us today if they had not contracted HIV and subsequently died of the disease called AIDS. And, uh, it's fucking disgusting. Um, Brett also went on the Alex Jones show. Um, we can't run this in long form. Um, as it is, as it is, you know, uh, TOS to run long form of uh, any Alex Jones on um, Twitch, but we can run clips. So, oh, ooh, 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 the clip that he ran promoting it seems to be gone, but that's okay. Here's a clip from someone else of uh, Brett on Alex's show. I had two clips here, luckily. Um, here's Brett talking about the depopulation agenda on the fucking Alex Jones show. This is where he was going to end up. Uh, I predicted this. Uh, Chris Cavanaugh from Decoding the Gurus predicted this. We all predicted that he was going to end up on the fucking Alex Jones show. Kind of did it as a joke when COVID started and Brett was wiling out, but we weren't necessarily joking. And um, Brett has reached his final form. To me, this is the central issue of it all. When you were on Tucker, you explained, you said, listen, there's not words to describe, I'm paraphrasing, how dark this is. The open borders, this, the, 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 the devaluation of currencies, the, the, the destabilization. When you look at it, it's there is organization by the administrators. As you said, it's easy to dynamite and destroy things when you're the administrator and, and have all this BlackRock money. But... Notice they can't ever actually build anything. So they're sitting there going, look what a great artist I am, smashing things. And then society looks like a Jackson Pollock. But how are they ever going to paint a Rembrandt? They're not. Um, what they have recognized is that they have no use for us. And I wish that was an exaggeration. But you can see this so clearly in what they did to the public over COVID. They were unconcerned about delivering novel they're not vaccines but novel so-called vaccines they're vaccines people who stood no chance for benefiting from them healthy young people there was never an argument that made any sense for delivering those shots to healthy young people about the uh the argument for inoculating everybody is that's the only way inoculations work best you could say was that you might do that in order to protect vulnerable, infirm people. That's not something a, a, a rational civilization would do, but at least that's a logical argument. But at the point that we discovered that these things did not in any way control the disease, they didn't incorrect people contracting it. They didn't control people transmitting it. Yes, they did. The logic for inflicting that's them. They're nirvana fallacy. There's some evidence that it uh, might prevent you from uh, getting it, but most importantly, spreading it. This is one of those diseases where the symptoms are the way that you spread the disease. 
<clears throat> so if you are vaccinated and you contract COVID, but you are asymptomatic and you're not coughing all over the fucking strawberries at the store, uh, you're way less likely to spread it because your water droplets are flying everywhere when you cough. On healthy young people who were not threatened by COVID and stood to gain nothing, evaporated. Video game and yet it. we're doing it to this day. Harvard apparently just... Uh, uh, reinitiated their policy of requiring those shots for their own students. So what that's telling you is that whatever is driving doesn't care that it is going to kill people who have long, potentially important, uh, long lives of potentially important contributions to make. This is just, <clears throat> this is just incorrect. <clears throat> Inoculation doesn't work if you don't inoculate everybody it's it's not even inoculation if you don't inoculate everybody and if he's saying that it didn't do anything to help you from uh getting it and spreading it why then is he saying that um only people who are at risk should get it i thought it doesn't do anything why give it to people that are at risk if it doesn't do anything see like it's it, it doesn't make any sense even on its own terms and um brett's one of those people who i think knows it but Money is a powerful motivator, right? Like you can't get somebody to stop saying something if their paycheck requires it requires them to continue saying it. And in some ways, I'm thankful that the Twitch terms of service are ambiguous at best, and I'm not willing to take the risk of running that interview on the show because I would just get fucking angry. Honestly, I don't like getting angry on stream. We talk about things that are troubling enough, and I don't like getting angry on stream. Not a good look. Could get clipped out and they'd be like, look at this fucking crazy leftist over here. And uh, maybe they're right. Maybe I'm a crazy leftist. But um, Brett is a giant piece of shit. And what I do want to say is there were a lot of people uh, who were more moderate than us, more less likely to go after people's character, who prior to COVID were like, oh, you know, Brett's just got some concerns about the overreach of, uh, you know, political correctness or whatever. And, you know, even before COVID, we're like, nah, this guy's a piece of shit. And uh, we were uh, right. Uh, I was right. Uh, Ina from Polite Conversations was right. Doc Gen Dr. Jen Gunther was right. Uh, Sam from the Majority Report was right. We were right. We were right about these people. We're not always going to get it right. But just because we have a strong left bias doesn't mean that um, we're not able to spot uh, patterns of uh, bad behavior by people. And I would suggest to you that uh, maybe not back then but by this point i've become pretty good at spotting these patterns of behavior in people and um being out ahead of the curve on people uh one example is uh anti-scientology uh creator aaron smith levin media wench and i were way out ahead of the curve on that and people uh, uh excommunicated us from the anti-scientology community for it we we're also i was also right about brett weinstein um Eric Weinstein was a fucking joke from the drop. Anybody who thought that guy was serious from the jump was an idiot. He works for Peter Thiel and thinks he's a physicist. He may have a degree in, degree in physics, physics, but physicists are people who do physics, not people who work for Peter Thiel. Anyway, enough uh, tooting my own horn. Uh, thanks, everybody. Thanks, podcast listeners, and thanks, uh, live viewers and listeners, so especially thanks to the live people. Uh, this is a lot more fun with a live audience, obviously. If you want to support this project, go to echoplexmedia.com, click the support tab. The merch is the best way, um, but also the memberships over there at our swag shop are pretty cool. I think it's better than Patreon. One, my split's a little better, but we're literally talking a dollar difference, maybe 
maybe maybe 50 cents even but you get automatic discounts on all of our products there and of course there are other ways just directly donate to us and uh twitch people the, the split sucks but it's totally fun to subscribe and throw bits and stuff because you get gifts and shit on the stream also i have an article coming out it should be coming out this week probably before the next time i'm live after tonight actually and it, the article's title is A Dying Cult and an Activist Community in Chaos. And it is about the anti-Scientology community. I am about halfway done with it. I've, just to the background part, I haven't gotten to the meat of the point I'm going to make. Uh, but the point I'm going to make is fucking good. And it's going to be, again, me patting myself on the back for having initially been right and nobody listening to me. Um, anyway, that's the show. I am going to uh, change the color of the lights in this room. Take a piss and uh, adjust the contents of my beverage and we'll be back for the post game. So live viewers, uh, stick around and uh, podcast uh, listeners. Bye.